0: the
1: wild Hey guys, welcome to another episode of our drunken History. Uh, we're uh, us here in the, in the shed again with May Travis and Zach right here. We're uh, kicking back with some some Yingling flight because this week's episode is a special episode about the history of the US Air Force uh coming up is the air force birthday so we've 75 yeah. years yeah uh zach and i are both air force veterans we uh were both aircraft maintainers or maintenance and, knuckle uh,
0: draggers pointy heads whatever you want to
1: call us yeah and uh so we have some uh, some pride in our history and and where it came from so we're going to go over that this week when did you join i joined uh i entered Delayed enlistment was in the spring of 2002, and then I went into basic uh, in November 2002. Geez, you were in depth a long time. Yeah. They called it a
0: delayed entry program.
1: So is why I was in depth because so now I think they do it a little bit different. Uh, when I went in, and you probably did the same. You're a guaranteed guaranteed job. No, I did oh, really? not.
0: No, I went in open electronics.
1: Okay, so I went in guaranteed my FSC, uh, my Air Force specialty, and the school didn't have an opening until later on so i didn't go to basic until the school had an opening for me
0: i uh yeah i i so i uh joined delayed entry in january of o2 and i left for basic uh april 1st of okay. 02 and uh i had no clue what i was gonna do i just i went open i scored high on my electronics on my asvab yeah. i went in open electronics um i initially the first job I got was nuclear missiles in space, and uh, I had I had tried marijuana in high school, as many people do, and it at the time permanently decertified me from a top secret security clearance. Okay. So I uh, did not get the job of nuclear missiles in space, and then <laughs> I ended up as F-15 avionics. Okay. So uh, I, I did that. Um, I worked F-15s. I I. Went to uh, basic and tech school, and I, I graduated tech school just before Christmas of '02. Uh, worked 15s at Mellis. I put in for a overseas remote. I did a year in Korea on working A10s and O A10s, which we'll get into a little bit of that.
1: I didn't know they had O A10s out there still. Oh, it's, that's right. I remember, I remember that. It's just a designation. Yeah, I remember
0: that. Now. They're the same fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I, uh, I went back to F-15s, uh, specifically F-15 e-models uh, at Nellis. Uh, during the time I was at Nellis, Congress took weed off the bad boy list. Yeah. So you were allowed then to have smoked marijuana. Which I wasn't a big pothead or anything, guys. I just tried it. Uh, <laughs> I did
1: not inhale. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I, I inhale. I got high as shit. But uh, it was not one for me. I didn't care yeah. for it. Uh, I, I've always been a, a, a beer whiskey fan. Yeah. But I, uh, I I was able to get my TS, my top secret, when I worked at Nellis, and uh, got me into some pretty cool yeah. programs in the fighter world. Uh, I got out, I did a year of prisoner transport. Uh well, and, and doing security for the uh I did railroad security for a little while, then I did court security and prisoner transport security uh with a company in, in Montana. Yeah. And then uh I ended up getting back on as a military contractor and I've I've done that ever since and uh it's been great. I've worked with the Air Force, the Marines, with pretty much anybody in NATO. Yeah. It's been a great time.
1: Yeah, it's been a uh, been pretty, uh, pretty interesting journey. So, yeah, before I get into my side of it, if you guys haven't already done so, please like and subscribe uh, our yeah. channel. Good call. Yeah. Uh, we're on YouTube, right? If you're watching the video right here, make sure you smash that subscribe button. And then follow us on any of our audio, wherever you find your podcasts, we're, we're there. We're distributed everywhere. And then uh, you can always hit us up on our social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on uh, TikTok as well. Mm. We're, we're trying to expand out everywhere. But uh so yeah so yeah I went in uh, 2002 and uh, I went through I I was I did my guaranteed job of F16 F117 and uh, MQ1 avionics so I was like three different airframes that I was went yeah, to school for
0: Yeah that's mine, yeah mine was F15 uh, A10 F111 and U2
1: okay yeah cuz I ended up when I so so yeah I went to for F. Tech school for F-16s. I had other aircraft that I was technically supposed to work on, but in tech school, all we worked on was F-16s. That's all we learned on. We hit a chapter up about a few different things. I don't even remember doing that. And uh, (laughs) but then, so did uh, basically six months of F-16 school, and I got assigned to Creech Air Force Base, working MQ-1 reconnaissance aircraft. So I had to do all learn it all all over again on the fly. On the fly. Yeah. And uh, so did my did my four years at Creech there, and then I got out and I went and worked for uh, Bell Helicopter, working on their uh, final assembly and fi- flight test center in Amarillo, Texas. There, did uh, worked on the AH-1Z Cobras, the the new uh, Z model Cobra helicopters yeah. they have. That is a badass helicopter, though, yeah. too. Even though it's it's, it's it's pretty capable. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it. I think the the Apache has probably some more advanced avionics, but that thing's pretty pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I worked on CV 22s there. The tilt rotor Ospreys. I yep. flew on those uh, in Africa.
0: Then, I, I, I dropped a G Shock watch out the back of one. It's <laughs> probably still in the dirt out there in the middle of Africa. <laughs> middle of Africa. Some. Uh, it was some, it was hooked onto my backpack and the strap broke and I watched that bitch bounce and fly out the back no. and I loved that watch and I was just like no and it fucking into the dirt so if you find a watch in Africa
1: there's probably some go herder out there that's selling that, that thing yeah
0: it's solar too this shit still works
1: <laughs> uh, so I did some uh, after I worked the with Bell Helicopter for a little while I went and did some corporate aviation I did flight tests with uh, Hawker Beechcraft on corporate jets. That was kind of fun. Yeah. But uh, I got to f- fly on a lot of private jets for that for flight tests. That's pretty test. cool. But uh, that was
0: flight test is fun. That, that's that's yeah. what my primary job was at Nellis Air Force Base. Yeah. I worked on uh, operational test and evaluation of the F-15E model. Okay. So uh, we which is we also have weapons school there, they call the Weapons Academy, Yeah. Um, and that is the Air Force's version of Top Gun. For those of you who are Maverick fans, yeah, uh, which I worked those planes when there was nothing going on on the test side, but I was predominantly on the test side. Um, it was prototype weapons, avionics, uh, cool, fancy, oh yeah, neat shit that uh, made a tremendous impact on some things overseas. Oh yeah, really, really fun, fun job.
1: That that was that's really kind of the neat thing too with this because. I got my basics, if you want to call it that, in the Air Force. I learned a lot, but a lot of the cool shit I did or have done has been after the Air Force. Yeah. And some of the doors that open, though, for me to to work where we're working now, the it's, clearances that we've gotten and all that too. To, it, to the cool thing is, and I don't mean to be a proponent
0: of the good old boy program, but that's what it's who you know. Yeah, I would not be where I was without the guys I was in the Air Force with. Who, yeah, who were you know they knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody and got them a job and, and in turn helped me get where I am so so all the guys I worked with uh, yeah you know it's 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 a very close knit community it is. And and uh, if you don't know somebody you know somebody that knows them it's it's really it was a really cool networking uh, opportunity in the, and I'm sure it is in the other branches as well.
1: Yeah. Well, it is, and it's probably that way even with other career fields, though, too. Just you knowing you know somebody the, the right contacts to make, and that's that's one of the big thing is networking.
0: And just but the the camaraderie aspect of it. You, oh yeah.
1: You, you, you know, there's
0: not a lot of people I put my ass on the line for. Yeah. But the ones I would, I was probably in the military with.
1: Yeah, and, that, and that's true because. That either in the military with them or on a deployment with... I, it's crazy. I did, I did three deployments to Iraq while I was active duty. and uh, But I've done 10 deployments as a civilian because I've, it, done, I've done more traveling and more deployments doing my civilian job. Than well, I did it's, it, and, and it's
0: cool because Travis and I did not know each other in the military at all even though we lived in Vegas in the same yeah. time frame. Uh, and later on in life We knew a lot of the same people, even though we didn't know each other until we both got to Arkansas. Yeah,
1: Yeah, he'd be talking about somebody, and I was like, I know them, I was in the Air Force with them.
0: Yeah, small, (laughs) small world. It is. I I actually, uh, I never got to deploy active duty. I tried twice um, when ship first first kicked off in uh, Iraq. I'm going to get that bug on your face. (laughs) Uh, I tried to go, and I still had my wisdom teeth, and they would not deploy me with wisdom teeth.
1: Yeah, they... uh well, I sh- showed up at Nellis for my first in-processing dental appointment. They said, oh, you got your wisdom teeth. Those are coming out. And, like, they scheduled Two weeks later after I got to Nellis, there was, I was having surgery to have them removed.
0: <laughs> no, I I, uh, I got mine pulled, and then I was supposed to go over, and I ended up getting orders to Korea. Okay. Which I had put in before I had requested yeah. orders to Korea. But... uh yeah, I interrupted a, a, a deployment. Well, then I got to Korea, and you're not deploying from Korea, like you're. No. You know That's kind of a
1: deployment in itself. The, the, yeah, yeah, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I've heard the stories. So. It's a wild place. <laughs> uh,
0: but anyway, yeah, I did. I did a one year short tour in Korea, and then got to Nellis, and in Nellis, for the most part, guys like like him who were at a satellite base like Creech, but for for Nellis proper, you're pretty much non-deployable. Yeah. Because you are either with the weapons school, which is all training, or you're testing a valve, which is not
1: deployable. Yeah. So, yeah, because uh, really Nellis is a major... It's a major training base for, for a lot of the fighter pilots and it other is. pilots. That so. place
0: is amazing. There's a lot of shit going on it, yeah, at it's Nellis, huge, man. It is, it is a wild, fast-paced place to be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, as, as we said, we're, we're bumping up to the, uh, the 75th anniversary of the Air Force, uh, 1947, uh, yes. se- September 18th, 1947?
1: Yes, September 18th. is is the,
0: is the day. Uh, how did the Air Force start?
1: Well, so, let's see here. The, the Department of the Air Force, as the Air Force itself, as its own standalone branch of the military, was created from the uh, National Security Act of 1947.
0: Signed into effect by...
1: Uh, ooh I don't know if I know
0: that oh, one i I believe it was Truman am I wrong?
1: that would have been Truman yeah, he was president. yeah I, I think right. Harry
0: Truman is the one who signed in in, yeah. in so but the thing is the Air Force goes way back beyond before those times but yeah. it just was not called the Air Force. The Air Force started as the signal Corps
1: yeah it was the it was the Army Signal Corps and it started in nineteen o seven uh august first nineteen o seven as the air as the aeronautical division of the u s Signal Corps. And back then, you know, the army they was using hot air balloons and stuff too in yeah. the army back yeah. then and all that. They were uh, reconnaissance and different things and and the aviation had only been around literally for a few years.
0: So my uh, my favorite plane ever is F-15. It's just it's a big sexy fast motherfucker. Yeah. But the plane I wanna own is a Piper Cub. Yeah. I love Piper Cubs. They're they're fucking they're the do it all little atv of the of the airplane world right yeah they got their start in world war one
1: yeah they were on the front line with the signal core because those planes are known they can take off and land on very short unimproved surfaces i mean they could just land out on a dirt field or somewhere and
0: they were just they were the like first reconnaissance plane and they would they would fly out Come back and land in the dirt, and you you know you'd fly them a thousand yards and go see what's going on over here and land them.
1: Yeah, well, and it's crazy. So back then too, so even if you think about a Piper Cub nowadays, they're small, they're lightweight, they don't carry a lot of payload. They were trying to figure out how to put weapons on aircraft back then too. Like, we we got this new toy. How can we make it? How can we put guns on it? And so on on uh, when you're flying a plane,
0: uh, an Air Force plane. The button that you hit to release a bomb is called the pickle button yeah do you know why that is
1: now if I, I think because they they would carry stuff up in the planes like grenades or whatever or, or, or what I've even heard of them dropping like little like steel shot with like fins on it out of barrels and, like, dumping them on...
0: They would practice dropping them into pickle barrels uh, while okay. flying over. So that's what they would... And if it would hit in the barrel, it would pickle. Uh, okay. So that's where that comes from. The pickle button.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, so... Yeah, touch it so on a missile,
0: So a missile button is a rifle.
1: Yeah. And a, and a bomb drop is a pickle. That's pretty good. Yeah. In fact, so at that time, yeah, they would literally just take regular hand grenades and just pull the pin and, and drop, drop them, them off the side of the... And try to hit stuff with them before they yeah, man,
0: you gotta do what you gotta do.
1: They, uh, to. they didn't have actual purpose built munitions back then. No, yeah. I think then they started using mortar shells, I think eventually, and finally started putting fins on these little handheld 10 pound,
0: trying to improve your accuracy a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and they were literally just
1: hanging over the side and like just tossing them out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it worked though, it yeah.
1: worked, yeah,
0: you know, revolutionized warfare. Yeah, it and, did. and now. And it's the truth, and I don't care what you Marines and Army guys say, air superiority is what wins wars. The Navy knows that. The Navy is the third biggest Air Force in the world.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Cr- and, uh, and so, let's see, where's that at? Yeah the, yeah, the Navy. And there's at one point, I think the Navy actually had more aircraft than the Air Force did. Fighter aircraft. Yeah.
0: Yes, but not total
1: aircraft. Uh, yeah. So, do you know how many aircraft the Air Force has? Uh, there's, it's like Uh, Yeah, 5,369 military aircraft and 406 ICBMs is what's on here. So,
0: I can't comment on some of these things. But what I can say is that's a lot of goddamn airplanes.
1: Yeah. Well, that's not counting. Those are are active aircraft.
0: Right. So when you look at, like, Davis-Monthan Air Force Base, they call it the Graveyard. There are planes there that, that are mothballed. They yeah. can be ready to go to war in thirty days.
1: They have, uh, if, if you look it up, you go on Google Earth and look up the boneyard at Davis-Monthan, and, and it is thousands of acres of aircraft stored, and it's basically a parking lot. And they have them in different stages, to where these aircraft can be combat ready in thirty days. Yeah. These aircraft can be ready in ninety days.
0: The the and planes just- at at uh, Shepherd. Yeah, that we that we did training on when we were coming through tech school, they have to be ready to go in eighty days. Yeah. And if, uh, if the shit if the shit hits the fan enough to get those planes out that all those tech school students who never touched a plane, I would not want to be that pilot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all the stuff we took apart and put back together on those yeah. things. Well that's some that's a little known thing too. Um Thunderbirds and even the Blue Angels as well. They fly the Blue Angels fly F-18s. Yep. Thunderbirds fly in F-16s. Uh, those aircraft are combat ready, and I think they have a 14-day turnaround that they can have those yeah. aircraft. They said, minus paint, they can have them combat ready in a week. Yeah, uh, but really, all they got to do is put the gun back in them, pretty much. It's incredible. And were, and, that uh, is incredible. So, so some people think those just demonstration teams are a waste, but those aircraft are still ready, combat capable, and, and can be used. If uh, they is,
0: need is, them. Is, is, and I had to deal with the Thunderbird guys. Yeah so i did not like them they, <laughs> they were prima donnas oh yeah but i read the mission is is essential it, i mean it really is the demonstrations are great uh the pilots are some of the best in the world well uh, the, the blue angels are the same way some of the best pilots in the world it's, that, a, it's uh, a
1: huge recruiting tool though too. Is. if you go to an air show and see those guys i mean it it makes you want to join the air force
0: yeah, you'd be proud yeah yeah um I remember the first time I ever met the Thunder Thunderbird pilots, I was five years old at an air show. Really? Yeah. Something I'll never forget. I, didn't ever, I never had plans on joining the Air Force. I never did. 9-11 is what made me join.
1: Well, so, like, that's the thing, too. Like, I, I had planned on, I actually applied for the Air Force Academy to get in. Did you really? And uh, I missed, uh, my math score on my ACT test was uh, two points under the cutoff. And uh, they rejected my application. And uh, they said apply next year. I was like, I I'm not waiting a whole another year. They said, tell you, I retake your test and reapply, get your math score up, and you'll be you'll be good to go. Hmm. And uh, like, Man, no. my
0: grades in high school,
1: they weren't gonna look at me. And I uh, skipped class a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I went snowboarding. <laughs> uh, but so I decided to to enlist instead and did that. But I really, growing up, I wanted to be a pilot, and then yeah,
0: my, I, I think. The vast majority of people who join the Air Force intend to be pilots. Oh, yeah.
1: So. Well, so my uh, when I went to an eye exam in my in high school, my dreams were crushed because my eyes are way too bad to be a pilot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> now they now they allow, at the time, they didn't allow surgery. You had to have natural 20. Yeah,
0: 2070 correctable to twenty twenty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And mine's like 2350 right now or something like that. So it's... I don't know much about the eye what? test, but yours is bad. Yeah. Like, I can see at 20 feet what a normal person of 2020 can see at 350 feet.
0: Jesus Christ. Like, why do you work on
1: planes? Contacts, <laughs> <laughs> glasses. Oh,
0: you oh, had to fly on them? That's why they put you on the un- unmanned ones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I passed my color vision test for flying <laughs> colors. <laughs> yeah, you can't be
0: colorblind and be an aircraft maintainer. Yeah. Because the wires are all different colors.
1: Yeah, you got to be able to know what you're looking at. And uh, Yeah,
0: and that's true, man.
1: Don't cut the red wire!
0: <laughs> no. Dude, I worked with this guy, and it sucked because he was also from Montana, so I caught a bunch of shit because there was the two of us that were from Montana that anybody had ever met. Yeah. And uh, he was changing out a cannon plug on a plane. He diked all the wires. Oh no. And that and you said one swoop. Boof. It oh. palm tree, all the wires. We were like, What the fuck? <laughs> you gotta know where those wires go. Yeah. yeah, it was a guessing game for like three days to figure all that shit out. Oh man. Yeah, yeah we, now you gotta yeah.
1: trace all those down to find where it's they what go. We did,
0: it sucked a dick. <laughs> we were fucking mad. Uh who said there are there are Several different types of aircraft. Yeah. Right. There, there are over 5,000 aircraft in the Air Force inventory. Right. Yeah. There are fighters, bombers, reconnaissance planes. There are uh, attack observation aircraft. There are weather airplanes, which most people don't know. There's Hurricane Hunter squadrons. So that's that's that, that their job. They're weather planes. Um, yeah. They are. There's a ton of trainers. There's tankers, refueler planes. There's all kinds of different aircraft in the Air Force. Most people think of the Air Force and they think of F-22s and F-35s. Yeah, those are but a small slice of the pizza, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. You automatically think to the. What well, do you think of the cool, sexy airplanes, the the fighters? But then, there's there's a, yeah. a ton of stuff. Well, that's one thing the military, not just the Air Force, but the military as a whole is known for is their their logistics. You know, logistics is actually what wins wars. Being able to get
0: yeah, get people on the ground, get equipment to them,
1: get equipment, get food, get fuel, yep. and the Air Force Air Mobility Command is, does most of that. They do. Flying, they have the, the biggest and the best uh, cargo aircraft in the world. C-17
0: is one of the greatest airplanes ever built. I love yeah. that plane. I like flying on that plane. It's a beautiful-looking plane. Uh, I never flew on a C-5. I never,
1: yeah, uh, I never got a chance to fly on a C-5.
0: I, I, was, you, but... I was in one, and it broke. Oh, no. So we, did, we a didn't get to take off. Yeah, yeah, they break a lot. They call them... Their nickname is the Fred. The <laughs> fucking ridiculous economical disaster. Oh, man. They uh, But they are their pig. They break a lot. But when they fly, they haul the world. Yeah. They're a big, big fucking airplane.
1: So if you don't know, you can look this up. So a C-5 is the, the Air Force's largest aircraft. And... Actually, I think now it is the biggest aircraft. Because yeah,
0: that lad, the Antonovs, they all retired. They had, they had Antonovs that were bigger, and I yeah. do believe that the last one retired like. Because they crashed one, and then the, the last one, yeah, I think they retired it. And, and then, then it was destroyed. Oh, wow. In Ukraine.
1: Uh, oh, that's right, because it was stored yeah, there. Like yeah. a
0: few months ago, yeah, yeah, the Russians. Sorry, guys, it's
1: gone. The, uh, the Russians took it out. The C-5. You fuckers. <laughs> Uh, so interesting fact about that. So imagine a, a school bus, all right? Mm-hmm. A C-5 can carry, load and carry, take off and fly with 17 school buses or Greyhound buses loaded into its cargo hold. Have
0: you, I
1: have you seen a C-5 take off ever?
0: They they look like they're gonna
1: fall out of the sky. They 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 take off, but they're so big, it looks like they're going slower. Was, than
0: the thing is, I was blown away by how short of runway those things yeah. need to take off they like you look at them you think they need to get a good long run yeah
1: no there's so much there's so much thrust generated like each one of those engines i think puts out 150,000 pounds of thrust
0: that's amazing
1: yeah I and mean, they're like 12 feet wide or whatever too they're yeah they're huge. fucking
0: huge yeah and
1: they sound like they're gonna explode like if you if you, if you live in the san antonio area or oh yeah and, you've heard them yeah, yeah you, you they fly over there that's a training area for them yep. there. Yeah, but they, they, the way they groan when they're taking off, it just sounds like they're going to...
0: The APU on those, uh, we had one land when I was at Seymour, and I, I walked past with the... It's called the auxiliary power unit. It's uh, the onboard power uh, generator, basically. Yeah. Uh, that thing was running. And it's a small jet engine in itself. But even that thing was, like, loud as... I thought I was going to blow an eardrum walking by that bitch. <laughs> I wore yep. all my... Uh, PPE. Yeah, I. This was a one-time thing. I really like. I didn't plan on walking, but we had to walk by, and I didn't realize how fucking loud that thing was. Oh yeah. yeah
1: um, they're,
0: but they're 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 a loud, bitch, man. But what is the loudest plane you have ever heard?
1: The loudest plane I've ever heard is probably either. uh Most
0: people have the same answer for this, and I I challenge this idea.
1: The ones I've heard personally in Iraq would probably be either a Tornado or Tornado. The British RAF. Those are fucking loud. Those are loud. Um, And then F-16s are pretty damn loud. But uh, I'm trying to think. I know there's other aircraft that are louder. Most people say
0: a B-1 is the loudest they've heard. Yeah. And those things are loud. But the loudest plane I ever heard in my life was F-111s.
1: I heard those... I never got a chance to hear one in person. Dude.
0: I so know the Australians so we, were flying We, them for we a while. sold them all to the Australians, and they revamped them, and they made them... And they were a great plane. Yeah. But they brought them up for a red flag. Those fucking planes, taken off, are so loud that on the flight line, working at Strike AMU, Aircraft Maintenance Unit, which are gone now. Now it's back to fighter squadrons. Uh, but at Strike Aircraft Maintenance Unit, those planes taken off on the runway probably a good 500 yards away... Yeah. ...were shaking my eyes in my head.
1: Oh, yeah. They're they're nuts. Yeah, I know... uh, Yeah, they'd have the B-1s take off from Nellis when they were doing Red Flag. B-1s
0: are fucking loud airplanes, and they are cool as shit at night. Watching the 4 afterburner... I love that. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, that
1: aircraft uh, is... When they signed the uh, nuclear treaty with Russia... I can't remember what the name of the treaty was. They had to... Downgrade those aircraft, the B-1s, yep. they were actually a lot faster than what they are now but they had to downgrade them to, to a minimum or a maximum speed could be over a certain amount for that nuclear I, sh- strike I, I
0: believe a lot of that is why they designated the A-10s to O-A-10s. Too. Yeah. So you, per, per some of those treaties, you can only have so many attack aircraft in your inventory. Yeah. So they designated them as observation aircraft yeah. and made them O-A-10s.
1: Yeah, and I thought there was like a budgeting thing or something that went along with it. Yeah, I, I don't anything.
0: remember. I used to know all the rules behind that. When I was in Korea, I did because I was working them. Yeah. but uh, And I like a third of our airplanes were, were OA-10s. But yeah. I worked on, uh, it was the uh, third F-15E model ever built. And it wasn't even a true E, it was a converted D. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, 6187, uh, tail number 6187. Yeah. It's still there, still at Seymour. Wow. Still flying.
1: That's, that's one thing a lot of people don't realize, too, with the Air Force. They are meticulous with their aircraft maintenance. And there is aircraft, literally like when you look at B-52s, there are aircraft that are 50 and 60 years old yeah. that are still flying. Uh, I mean, those aircraft flew in Vietnam. They flew yeah and flew combat missions and, and during the Vietnam War, and they're still flying yeah. today. I mean, they've been upgraded over the years. Well, that, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the the metal, the structure is still the same, but that's how well air, the aircraft are maintained, that yeah. they, can, they can have that type of service life. And they're talking about some of those B-52s will still be in, in service past the 2030s. Yeah. Uh, so they said some of those aircraft will be in service for 80 years before they're retired.
0: That's incredible.
1: Hey, that's that's nuts.
0: Yeah. Uh, I I worked on uh, planes from 1976 to 1977. Yeah. Before that, were still in service. That are still in service today. Yeah. So, so and this is some <laughs> of the A-10s.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, so that's one thing that was uh, sad about the A-10s. The so you know they can't build any new A-10s. Yeah. So to fuck up. When uh, so Fairchild Aircraft Company is what built the A-10s, and uh, they went bankrupt at some point. I think in the 80s. Yeah,
0: in '82 or '83, I think.
1: And I think was it a McDonnell Douglas, I think, and now they're not even. Existing. No, they're not.
0: It's Boeing now.
1: And uh, I think McDonnell Douglas at the time bought out like some of their patents and rights and stuff like that. But they had all the tooling and all the the uh, jigs and dies and stuff to build the A10 parts, and they sold it all, melted it all down for yep. scrap as part of like the bankruptcy yep. stuff. They and they got so they can't, they literally can't manufacture new A10 parts.
0: Yeah, uh, those, those they call them a flying tank, uh, yeah. and it's 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 sad, and and I understand that they are limited in their abilities. They don't have afterburner. They don't have a radar. They don't have the ability to carry these super advanced weapons. But the thing but is... They, the... Nothing else can fly low and slow and have that big fucking gun. And not only that, just the mental aspect of that airplane. If, oh, you're, yeah. if you're a bad guy on the ground and you hear A-10 coming, yeah, like you shit your pants and then you die.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like that aircraft... Does its job exceptionally well. Yeah, like, it, th- nothing else can take its place. No,
0: and they've been trying for years. They you know they they truly have. They've they've tried with the MQ9. They tried with F16s. They're trying it with F35s now. Yeah. And and I get the idea of trying to have these multi-role aircraft. I and I'm behind it. Having a plane that can do observation, can fly super fast, can carry nuclear weapons, can you know yeah. do all these great awesome tasks. That's so cool. But nothing can do what an A-10 can do.
1: Well, and I think really, too, like, the A-10 was designed during the Cold War to, to blow up Russian tanks. That was, like, going to be the, the battle of the future was fighting, blowing up tanks across the Russian tundra. But really, when Iraq and Afghanistan kicked off, the A-10, I think, really stepped into a role that it excels at that really it wasn't ever built close for that role
0: close air support
1: but it is the best aircraft we got that does absolutely that. the close air support supporting the the ground the troops, troops on, on the ground.
0: ground yeah man if you want to if you need if you have troops in contact
1: yeah that's the
0: best thing in the world to have overhead it, and, and,
1: and yeah and that uh that
0: just excels in that
1: role i wish we had a we we should have brought an A10 shell from work. Oh,
0: I got one in my attic somewhere. <laughs> I do. Shit, I didn't even think about that.
1: But the so an A10 shell though, you just take just the shell is about the size of two or three beer cans stacked on top of each other, and yeah. it will shoot those bullets at 3600 rounds a minute.
0: Well, and and the different types of ammo that they use. Yeah,
1: high explosive, armor piercing, incendiary, yeah.
0: depleted uranium. Yeah. They call it you can load different kinds of ammo and they call it a party mix. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> True story. Yeah. What a fucking cool round. Yeah. Cool cool airplane. Uh, I, I'm a 15 guy. I love E-models. Yeah. Uh, E-models are the only plane that we have in the Air Force inventory and really in the world that can do, they can dogfight their way in, drop bombs, and dogfight their way back out yeah they uh they're just they're a a fucking massive extra fuel extra horsepower badass fucking airplane man they uh they have a phenomenal radar the a10 was built around the gun the 15 was built around the radar yeah it uh it's the only plane that has ever shot a satellite out of space (laughs) yeah Uh, that's True. That's true. Yeah, that is a true story. They they shot satellites out of space with the F-15. Uh, it has. It's just a, a fucking warrior ass plane, and it has. Ne- there's never been an F-15 shot down in air to air combat. Yeah. Um. There was a couple taken out by surface to air missiles. Uh, yeah. I knew one of the air crew that that got oh, shot. Oh really? Yeah, okay. they got shot down in uh, Iraq when we first went over. Um, I didn't, they weren't like friends, but I had met yeah. them. Uh, but I remember when their plane got shot down, uh, by Sam. Uh, but air to air wise, the plane has never been killed. Yeah. Zero losses.
1: Yeah. It's a, if you have a, a pilot that knows what he's doing in an aircraft, it is a, it's yeah. like a, it, it thinks like a, a Ferrari with, with missiles.
0: It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, so the, I worked on the the old generate the old generation F15E models at Seymour. Yeah. And then I worked on the newer ones at Nellis, and that's just a badass fucking plane, man. They. Uh, the, that's the the cool the,
1: thing too that the Air Force has some of the coolest toys. I mean, you got the Navy has some pretty cool boats, ships, or whatever you're gonna call. Yeah. It, but man, Air Force. Like you talked about, we were talking about the A 10 and the F 15s. And then one of my favorites is the, the gunships, the ac ones oh, Yeah, the Spectres? Those things have, you have the a 105mm a howitzer sticking out the side of your airplane. Yeah, and then that's you a got, bitch. then the 40mm cannon and then the, the mini, uh, the, the, yeah the Gatling guns on yep. the side. I mean, and they could put all of the ammo on a pinpoint target. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, the, uh, the pods that they carry, the ISR. Yeah. The surveillance abilities the cameras that they can carry are just second to none it's some yeah. of the some of the best engineering in the world
1: yeah that's the, so that's one reason why too the Air Force has such a big budget I guess too it has a yeah
0: uh and now now they've branched off into the space force
1: yeah so the the, the space force I guess is the is the newest branch of the military that uh, was signed into law that was in 2017 when they signed that in I think
0: yeah but, I don't remember
1: uh we we'll have to maybe do an episode on that. <laughs> we we'll have to learn about yeah. it first. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Uh, they only have a uh, thirteen career fields on their on their job board. If you, I did not know that. Yeah, there's there's not a very big. It's
0: tiny. A yeah. little thumbprint.
1: But they, but they, the Air Force mission actually got to the point where they were trying to cover so many different. Yeah, got to be. got to be too much. Yeah. It was uh. It was time for them.
0: Uh, as as Travis stated, he tried to get into the Air Force Academy. Uh, that would have been a. Amazing. The Air Force Academy is such a, a I mean, you know, and, and all the military schools are. Naval Academy, West Point, Air Force Academy, they're very, very uh, exclusive schools to yeah. get into. The uh, Air Force Academy is in Colorado Springs. Um, some of the best and brightest go there for yeah. several different career fields in the Air Force. They call it a Air Force Specialty Code in the Army and the Marines is MOS, and the Navy I don't know what the fuck it's called. <laughs> uh, what was? What is your AFSC?
1: Mine was a 2A3X, whatever. The, uh, so, 2A3X2. So, that was the F 16 avionics, was the no, primary. Mine is a 2A, 2A371. Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the 2As was the.
0: 2As was flight line maintenance. Yeah. That's what we were.
1: And then, depending on the number, you either a a mechanic or a, a electronics or. Yeah. And then they had. E and E, which was all electro environmental. Yeah. yeah,
0: they did uh, the uh, crew comfort. Yep. Yeah, and the lights. And the lights. <laughs> <laughs> so they called them spark chasers. So it's it's kind of cool on the flight line. Oh yeah. You have different nicknames. Your your crew chiefs are called knuckle draggers. Yep. Your avionics guys are called pointy heads. That's what we both were. They uh, made fun
1: of us for being smart. So I don't know. Sure like, I guess sure. I'll. Or my dad is calling me. I'll call him back.
0: Um. Your environmental guys are called spark chasers mm-hmm. uh, the your engine guys are just dirty fucks.
1: <laughs> the uh, one of my favorite was the the ordnance are or bomb loaders booger hookers yeah bombs are green and yep strap them up on airplanes that's uh, what our boss was <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else um, trying to think of any other good nicknames we had well
0: the, the thing is, is is so for us our 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 job was also shredded out so yep. we had calm nav guys yeah so I, I was attack systems so I was like radar basically yeah. and, and a few other peripheral systems uh, some of the pods um, B shop those a shop fly uh, B shop is flight controls and uh, indicators like all your yeah. little uh, do do's it at what's it's in the cockpit and then uh, C shop guys was calm nav yeah so that was your and it was kind of funny how the the stereotypes were for a shop guys it was always like your uh you kinda self centered fucking <laughs> yeah like yeah. look at me guys which i, I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> uh, your your b shop guys were always kind of your your quiet uh but always dirty like yeah. the guys who like chain smoked they yeah uh, <laughs> and then your C-Shop guys were the guys who got together and played like Dungeons & Dragons on the weekends.
1: Yeah, they're definitely the nerds of the group. Fuck yeah, they were. And that shit is so true. Yeah. Well, it's just you think what the different stuff you're working on is, you know, the C-Shop guys was more more electronics, computer stuff, and then... Yeah. And then, so those guys were the computer nerds a lot of times. But unfortunately, on my career field, the, uh, or for F-16s, probably two years prior to... Uh, to me joining, we, they had their career field shredded out as well. And they got rid of it. And they got rid of it and they combined them all into one. So I had to learn all that shit.
0: Now there's no shredding of anything. It's yeah. all aircraft, all avionics.
1: It's what they did is is the reason behind that was was they was actually doing a reduction of force in the air force. And because at that time, like you were saying, there is uh, that avionics job took three different people to do. Yeah. Well, if they combine it into one, they can get rid of two of them. So
0: the thing is and and you don't stay in that even when you were shredded, you didn't stay in that career yeah. field your whole career. You you gradually learned the other stuff and, and grew up, as you grew up you learned more. So like I was an A shop guy to start. Yeah. But then I got my seven level and I was everything. Yeah. So now they essentially just took out the they took the steps off the ladder. Yeah. And put you on the top rung to start.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a lot of information to learn. Those aircraft. It yeah. is. It's.
0: It's. Uh, I. I don't know now, and, and I'm not trying to be boastful or anything, but I know that when I was in as a as, as a two a three, F-15 avionics guy, we had the most volumes of career development courses of any job in the Air Force. We had 17 volumes.
1: Yeah, ours was 13. It was it was freaking nuts. You had a you had a you'd get the stack of books that you had to. To learn and take tests on to make sure you had to take the test to get rank you had to take the test to uh to, to progress or, in your career yeah progress from like an apprentice to a journeyman and learn your job yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah not just on paper but actually it really did help
1: yeah and it was basically hated the, them. the, the technical hated manuals them. for the aircraft and yeah. you had to, to learn that stuff
0: uh, uh man
1: went off on a little yeah. Tangent on that stuff. There's
0: also there's also other uh, proponents to the Air Force. There's the National Guard, Air National Guard, and the yeah. uh, Air Force Reserve. Um, the Guard is basically state ran Air Force. Yeah. Um, you don't get orders. You don't. Uh, there's a lot of things that you do and that you don't do when you're active duty. Active duty, you tend to get orders every four or five years. You go to a different base. Sometimes you go to a different airframe. Yeah. Uh, and then we're talking flight line specifics. As far as like finance people, I don't fucking know what they do. Well,
1: I've heard of like finance or or people working at the MPF building that had been at one location their whole career, 20 years. And I had a I
0: had a a flight chief. So a flight chief is like a supervisory uh, position. Um, I had a I had a flight chief that had been. He grew up in Goldsboro, North Carolina, which is where Seymour Johnson Air Force Base is. He joined the Air Force out of high school. Well, that's not even true. He went to University of North Carolina in Raleigh. Yeah. Which is 50 miles away. Graduated. Then instead of getting a commission, he enlisted in the Air Force. Became uh, electro-environmental on on fighters. Went to basic training in tech school. Got orders back to Seymour Johnson, North Carolina. Wow. Moved back in with his parents. (laughs) Stayed there 11 years. Did a one-year short tour to Keflavik, Naval Air Station Keflavik in Iceland. Yeah. With a follow-on to Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. Moved back in with his parents. Oh, wow. His parents passed away. He inherited a house. Stayed there 11 more years. Did another short tour to Naval Air Station Keflavik, Iceland. (laughs) One year, with a follow-on to Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. Wow. Got orders back to move back into his house that he rented out for the year while he was gone moved back into his house retired still lives till this day in the same house where he grew up in he's the only time he has ever lived away from home is when he went to college 50 miles north of home when he went to basic training in tech school and the two years in
1: iceland wow See, I, I, the whole reason maybe I joined the Air Force was to, to actually get out and see different stuff and, and experience different yeah, things. Yeah, man, you know, I like, wanted to
0: go see other places. Yeah. And Jesus Christ, could you imagine, like... <laughs>
1: oh, man. Yeah, you, you can't... I don't even think you can do that now
0: if you tried. No,
1: that's that's nuts.
0: I had other buddies who have been stationed in fucking Germany, Italy, Korea, the Philippines, Japan, Alaska...
1: Yeah. Yeah, but every every UK, three or four years, you'd be getting everywhere, yeah.
0: man. Like they've gone all over. They've seen so much of the world. Their kids grew up all over the world, and and you know have had these amazing experiences. And this yeah. dude, like, still is in his old bedroom. Still lives in it.
1: <laughs> still got the uh, the the posters and on the still wall. still got the so. monster in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, what was the uh, what was the slogan when you joined? Do you remember?
1: I think it was still Aim High when I started. Was I thought it was,
0: it was Aim High for years. I thought it was Cross into the
1: Blue. I think it changed to that. What like I think it might have changed to that while I was in Basic. I think it changed. Yeah,
0: that's I know it was right because we were about the same time. I know it changed. It changed to Cross into the Blue, and then it was Fly Fight Win. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, and now, I think it's back in back to Aim High.
1: Aim High. See, I mean, I like that one. That was yeah, Aim High was great. I didn't like the, uh, yeah, the fly fight win. That was just... I thought crossing the blue was dumb. Yeah.
0: And I also... Uh, this symbol right here on the shirt is called the Hap Arnold. That's the original Air Force logo. Yeah. Uh, named after the only Air Force five-star general. Uh I thought that this was the best symbol. Now they got the the jagged eagle thing, which is
1: yeah, I don't care for uh, that, one that much. It's a little too cyber for me. We'll put a we'll put a picture up of it. Yeah, yeah I, I like was, I like the Hop Arnold man. There was a logo after I that see. one that was that was pretty good too. It was just it was wings as well. It, it that I think it just had a solid white star with wings, and uh, I
0: I like it, man. That's yeah. the one that that I think. There's some there's some things that are timeless in the military. The Marine Blues. Yeah, are the sexiest uniform on the fucking planet. I love the way they look. You can't beat a classic Hap Arnold.
1: Yeah, they. Uh, so you, you go from the the Marines dress uniform, that's is probably the best. That or the, it is, or, it's or the, the Navy gorgeous. dress whites or
0: Navy what? dress whites are cool, but I would not want to wear them.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd be I afraid feel like I get dirty. barbecue sauce all over. Them. Oh yeah, I just look at something and get them dirty. Yeah, and then you got the Air Force dress blues. They look like a freaking 1980s business suit. That's they are. Terrible. terrible.
0: I do not like the Air Force. Uh, they're, dress at all.
1: They're, the, they're the worst dress uniform, they I are. think. Yeah.
0: Which sucks. Yeah. Because they had so much opportunity there.
1: Yeah, they could have. Yeah. Well, and so another thing with the Air Force, too, back in the 60s, I think they got rid of them in the late 1960s for flight line maintenance, the Air, the Air Force had a mechanics uniform that had that was shorts.
0: Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that.
1: it was a khaki uh, uh, work uniform. Uh, I don't think I can remember what they called it, but it was it was a work uniform, and uh, but yeah, it was khaki shirt with your name tapes and, and yeah. drink and shorts. You know how the Thunderbirds have their coveralls?
0: Yeah, we tried to get coveralls instated as a uniform in, as, no- in North Carolina.
1: At one point, it was uh, there was the cover and it holes. should
0: be. Yeah, line guys should be able to wear coveralls as a uniform and get and like we came it's out no with different
1: than a flight suit. Well, and
0: what we actually came out with rules so we could like present it like like hey this is the rules we need to adhere to yeah. and it was like your your green winter set of coveralls yeah. had bdu name tapes yeah um and bdu rank yeah the subdued rank yeah and then your blue summer weight coveralls have blue name tapes with white lettering and and air force blues yeah that, stripes, that makes sense. which makes sense well, it looks professional. Yeah, it's still a, a utility uniform. Yeah, like I'm sorry, guys. Flightline guys don't need to be wearing camouflage. Well, what are you going to do if we get bombed? Hide as a bush? Well, the first you thing cover. I mean, you're on a big old concrete pad.
1: Well, the thing is, though, when you get to work, as you, if you're if you're a, a mechanic, the first thing you do to get to work after roll call is, is you, you go change out of your BDU's and put your take off your on.
0: fancy boots and put on your shitters.
1: Yeah. So well, it's the thing is, too, you could even do that as the uniform of the day, you know, if you're not working on the flight line, if you're doing medical appointments, you'd actually wear your BDUs yeah. or something. It's just like pilots, you know, unless they're flying, they're supposed to wear their yep. standard uniform yep. and then they can wear their, their flight suits when they're fl- scheduled I agree, to fly.
0: man. Utilitarian uniforms for guys who have utilitarian jobs make
1: sense. It does. So... Maybe if anybody that's uh, higher ranking in the Air Force right now is watching this, maybe you can push that. Maybe, yeah. hey, the, the they're always talking about how there's lack of morale. That might help boost the morale a little bit. And yeah, I it's agree. something as simple as a uniform.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, you get movies that are about lots of movies about Navy SEALs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they all write books all, too. Every movie's about Navy SEALs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which you know. The, the seals are great. Yeah, you know more more power to them. Uh, then the army has their the green berets and SF, and they have you know some some amazing guys. Yeah, uh, the Rangers are are phenomenal. Uh, the Marines have their Marsoc d- division. Yeah. Uh, the Air Force has AFSOC Special Operations Command, which I know you were a part of yeah. for a while, and I've and I've deployed with. Quite a, a few times, I was I was more uh, air combat command and PACAF during, yeah. during my career, but uh, the Air Force, on top of AFSOC, does have their own elite fighting units. They have uh, pararescue, which yeah. is uh, kind of the uh, the. Uh, EMTs of the military. Now, now there are there are medical guys who, like the Navy, has hospital corpsmen. Yeah, who get embedded with Marines and SEALs, and then,
1: yeah, you, you kind of look at a uh, an Air Force Pararescue basically almost as a corpsman with extra training that can uh, yeah that and jumps out of airplanes to find and rescue either down pilots injured SF because a lot of times those guys. Go in and with hand in hand with yeah. SF units. They uh, they will also
0: go in if, if planes that crash somewhere have sensitive yeah. equipment or data. They will go in and they will either extract it or destroy so it doesn't fall into enemy hands. Which is a, a pretty cool mission to have.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they've got a lot of special training for that kind of stuff where they can they can. Fix up bullet holes, or they can punch bullet holes in things. <laughs>
0: yeah. Then uh, you also have Air Force Combat Controllers. Yeah. Which are essentially... Uh, they, well, they call them JTACs, but they're, they're forward-deployed uh, air traffic controllers. And they call in, like, weapons drops. They'll call in yeah. cargo drops. But they will do it in the shit in the middle of a firefight.
1: Yeah, those guys usually, you know, they will... Sometimes even be just a small team of just two or three guys behind enemy lines somewhere. They'll parachute in and set up, and they'll laze targets, or they will call in grid coordinates for, for artillery strikes or airstrikes. Yeah. And then they're licensed. They're actually fully licensed and accredited air traffic controllers. They have to go to the full air traffic control school as, yeah. as well as their SF training. That way they can... They can stack aircraft up above them and then call in airstrikes from. And, the, and that's the thing, too. They have to know each aircraft, what its capabilities are, what its weapons capabilities are, yep. and all that. And they have to be able to and then employ those weapons on certain targets you right. know, for whatever it calls for.
0: There's a movie coming out here. Uh, it's in filming right now with Jake Gyllenhaal, and he plays John Chapman, oh, who was okay. an Air Force combat controller uh, who was uh, KIA. Overseas, um, he is a recipient of two medals of honor,
1: which is the highest uh, military honor that you, you can get. That's that's the guy from the mountaintop in Afghanistan, mm. right? So, that one is actually pretty cool. I don't know if you knew this or not. The so his actions to earn that medal of honor that was the first medal of honor. Where the actions were actually caught on film.
0: Yes, I, I didn't know that. Have you seen the film? Yeah,
1: it's it's fucking crazy. wild. That and
0: dude, that's a tough, tough dude.
1: And I, uh, yeah, I've seen the film and I saw the breakdown of it where they actually they went in and uh, it was like the intel briefing on it yeah, where they showed I, I watched the same thing. Here what happened and here's what happened, but yeah, it was a uh, it was an MQ one overhead that videoed the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, it was the first instance of a. Medal of Honor action being caught on tape. Yep. Uh,
0: there's also a guy named Tim Wilkinson who uh, fought in Mogadishu, Somalia. Yeah. Um, alongside with a lot of the Army SF guys. Uh, and he was in uh, the movie Black Hawk. Not him personally, but his character, whatever. Yeah. It, the guy who played him was in Black Hawk Down. Yeah. Had, uh, had a pretty big role in that.
1: I think he got a Medal of Honor for that as well. Or I, that or uh, he got an
0: Air Force Cross. I don't think he got a Medal. I of
1: think Honor. he. I think he got put up for it, but then they downgraded yeah, it. Yeah, it's a Medal of know. Honor. there's are
0: pretty hard to get. Yeah. Uh, the one of the other career fields that there's two other career fields that I wanted to touch on that are that are uh, pretty hardcore. That everybody calls it chair force. We have our own hardcore shit. Uh, they call it special reconnaissance now. It used to be uh combat weather
1: oh, okay and yeah. those
0: guys would embed with special forces and they would be weather guys <laughs> which which people don't realize how important that is to an operation yeah you you have to know what your elements are or you're going to be dealing with but they were fully trained and, and accredited meteorologists that were also special forces capable
1: so you got Badass combat nerds that can go in and, and uh, yeah either direct aircraft or tell you what the weather's going to be like and, and it's really I mean it's that, that stuff is important and and uh, some people don't realize some of the, the the depth that you have to go into to yeah. ensure because yeah something as simple as the weather can make, up your whole op can make an operation fail
0: yeah um, and one other one I, I don't there are some guys who are uh, attached to SF units, but it is just its own Air Force specialty code and it's actually married to the Army. It's called TAC P Tactical yep. Air Control Party guys. And they embed with uh, army units and they call in they also call in airstrikes. strikes. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, those guys they uh yeah, usually they're uh, in it with uh, Rangers yep. or infantry units and that and they use them as their air support. That's their air support liaison that when the shit goes down and they got their heads down from
0: that's who calls the A ten in.
1: Yeah, so they always talk about protect the doc. They got to protect the TACP p guy too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, nothing I ever did was what I would call hardcore. I think no. the uh, the worst injury I ever got working on a plane was I cut my pinky. Oh yeah. Putting yeah. a fucking F fifteen uh, radar antenna up. <laughs> but it was kind of funny. I <laughs> this is back in the days of MySpace. I did post a picture of it. Yeah, <laughs> and then a buddy of mine we all have a fucking warped sense of of humor of a, a, most military guys do a buddy of mine who was 82nd Airborne who lost both legs in a uh, IED blast in Iraq he wrote to me tell me of your sacrifice <laughs> 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 fuck you <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah man. so uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty cool it was a guy I played little league baseball with and uh, went to high school with and he yeah. uh yeah, uh, yeah, he was over in Iraq and and hit IED and and lost both legs in the blast. But he, guy is doing great. He was uh, a true hero, Alex. Uh, hope you're doing good, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I nothing I did was hardcore. But there, we have the Green Feet, the Jolly Green, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The
1: uh, those guys are hardcore. They are. Yeah. The their training is like two and a half years long too, and it's.
0: And it's never ending, is the thing. No, that was, yeah. Always getting better. Uh, yeah, I did, and this is one of the coolest things I did uh, as a civilian. Is I taught the crash recovery to the PJ's pararescue guys that came over to Iraq. Oh, okay. On uh, MQ one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to, I got to pull a plane apart and show them where all the cool stuff is, the ISR components. And, yeah. Uh, it was a really neat experience to to see those guys, and then uh, a couple of days later. They had the base pool at at, in Iraq. There, we went to the pool, and those guys were doing their training, and I could not do it. The shit that those guys did underwater, they're Air Force men, but those guys will keep up with anybody in the water.
1: Yeah, well, just like uh, just some of their their uh, entrance, you have to do like a fit test uh, just to apply, yeah, and you have to do like a mile swim as part of their uh, it's it's, their entry in a tie
0: in a under like 13 minutes 52 seconds you have to swim a mile it's 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 uh, freaking nuts on top of and that and that's that's bad in itself but it's also on top of push-ups and sit-ups and a run with a two minute rest in between it's not like you get to recover from these things yeah it's all stacked so you're you're and that's just to that's just to make the initial cut to get to the tryout
1: yeah yeah
0: so anyway uh yeah you can call them the chair force all you want but there's some bad motherfuckers out there in every branch.
1: Well, yeah. And it's, uh, and we I think the army sometimes will make fun of us for being, for being smart like, and, uh, the, yeah. the nerds or whatever. But then That's also, cool. we work on high tech shit. So, I mean, but every, every branch has its specialty. So, and everybody, and every, everybody has a different job to do. So it's, it's great. Yep. We all complement each other well. We don't have to be doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. Some of us can't do the same thing. I can't. <laughs> I can't swim a mile in thirteen no. fucking minutes. No,pe. I didn't know that.
1: Not gonna do it. And I, I respect those guys for doing it because I definitely can't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, for for since we're talking about the Air Force, we we bought the the Yingling flight, and uh, I have to say this is the first time I've had it. And it's actually it's really good. Uh, we I drink a shitload of this at the house uh, during uh, Jesse,
0: uh, one of our buddies who was a uh, he was Air Force. Uh, Combat Com, yeah, guy. Uh, he now uh,
1: he actually worked with a lot of the TACP guys. And, and he did, yeah. yeah.
0: He, he worked with a lot of a lot of TACP JTACs. Yeah, uh, great dude. He uh, he came down for the wedding and he brought it. He bought a shitload of flight. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, but, uh, so we figure we stick with the, uh, the the theme, the flying theme yeah. out there. Have you flown? I have a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, well, are you talking about like as a uh like a incentive ride? Just flight? just in general. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I haven't got a chance. I never got it. That was one thing I wish I could have done. I think you got to ride an F-15, right? I
0: did. I rode. I rode back seat for a 1.8 hour mission in an F-15E model Strike Eagle. I did throw up. Um, we took off out of Nellis Air Force Base. Uh, flew. Out. This is just a fuck around mission. It wasn't like a real world like we're at war mission. But uh, we took off out of Nellis, flew up over Bakersfield, California, flew up into the Sierra Nevadas, uh, did a bunch of cool shit in the canyons there, yeah. then flew back over the desert. Uh, I pulled 7.4 Gs, which is not, a, I mean, that's a lot, don't yeah. get me wrong, but it, it's nowhere near what the max of the aircraft is. But we had uh, external fuel tanks on the wings, so we actually maxed out the aircraft. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it's kind of cool when you pull G's. It's the way that they did it with me, and I don't know how it is with other incentive rides. Um, it was cool because so my last name is Ostermiller. Uh, all the guys I was in the Air Force with called me Oz, but my pilot, his call sign was Oz. That's pretty cool. So it was pretty neat. Um, it kind of, kind of a, a neat little, uh, it, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. You, you couldn't run across that if you tried. But, uh,. He was he eased me into the Gs. You know, we when you're sitting right now, wherever you're at, you're at 1G, one, one time the force of gravity. Yeah. In a turn or takeoff or whatever in an elevator even, you you will feel that that funny feeling. It is is a fluctuation in the force of gravity. It's a G force. Yeah. So, he eased me into it. He went to 2 and then back to 1. And 2 felt weird, and then he went to 4 and back to 1. And 4 kind of hurt. Yeah. Then he went to 5. 5 hurt. <laughs> then he went to 7. 7 really hurt. We hit 7.4, and that is fucking brutal if you're not used to it. Pilots are in some of the best shape of any human being on the fucking planet. Guys who can handle sustained G-load, that shit is incredible. Um, and 7.4 was brutal, right? But yeah. it was momentary. The thing that got me to throw up is he kept me in a 5G turn for 20 straight seconds. Oh, man. And he just... We had it pegged, and I threw up. Oh, man. And yeah. uh, totally a, an amazing experience, something that I will never get to do again. Very few people get to do it. Um, even guys in the Air Force, it's not a common thing to get incentive rides. Yeah. Uh, I was just right place, right time, great situation. Uh, and, uh, I, and just something that I'm, I will ever... Forever be thankful for yeah um, I also I was I was still am working on my pilot license um, I've flown a few Cessnas not quite the same thing as a fighter jet but
1: still cool oh yeah still
0: yeah. A, an, a, an amazing experience on its own
1: I always always said if I ever hit the lotto one of these days you know I'd buy one of those uh, like L-39 old fighter jets oh or yeah yeah, like that, yeah. Or a T-38 that'd or something cool that'd be man. fun yeah yeah
0: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I've, I've flown in, so an F-15E, I flew in a KC-135, okay. I flew in a KC-10, which are both refueling aircraft, I flew in a CV-22, I flew in a Black Hawk helicopter, okay. um, I've flown in a bunch of fucking C-17s and C-130s. Oh, yeah. yeah I know you have, yeah.
1: Well, C-17 C-130s, definitely flew in a lot of those. Um yeah. trying to think of what else. I never got a chance to fly in a tanker or a C-5. Yeah, I never did the C five. Um, I think, let's see here for the flew in. Uh, I think it's a MC twelve. It's a uh, King Air, yep.
0: Turbo Beechcraft King Air.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, what else? Never got. Sh- I never got a chance to fly in any helicopters either. There's one thing that was on the on the bucket list was a Blackhawk. Yeah,
0: we do. I did a Blackhawk like. Again, the right place, right time. In yeah. the, uh, you know, between basic and tech school, you're in details. Yeah. Some people have to mow the yard on the base. I got to go support a bunch of Navy SEALs. Oh, that's cool. So uh, it was just, yeah, it was. In a, it was a. We were in like the fucking. Texas fucking hills in the <laughs> middle of goddamn nowhere. Yeah. For eleven days. Oh wow! And uh, it was it was a deployment training for. It was, and it wasn't seals only. It was, it was some seals. There was a handful of marines. There was uh, a handful of PJs. Okay. Uh, there was a medical unit, a field medical unit, and uh, we, and I was, me and a few other people got just handpicked to be triage victims. So oh, okay. it was like you got shot, and they have to, yeah, you know, do their thing with you. So. I got picked to do that. One of the perks of it was I got to fly in a in a Blackhawk and a KC-135. Oh,
1: that's cool. Yeah. So it was,
0: it was a really cool experience, especially being like three weeks out of basic training. Yeah, you're thinking, man, this is this house gonna be? Yeah, in I'm some- in the Air Force, goddammit. it! And <laughs> then it was like all downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was cool. It was it was a great it was a great experience. It was a, a fun time. I yeah would love to
1: do that again. That'd be, that's pretty neat. Now, that's one thing about it. The whole experience, you know, of I've got to see some pretty cool places. I got to see some pretty shitty places too. But yeah. you know, but at the same time, you know, I've I've s- sitting on a on a has in Iraq. You know, like when I was 20 years old or whatever. You know, yeah. there's it's pretty neat. You know, it's one of those life experiences yeah. you're never gonna forget.
0: Swam in Saddam Hussein's pool.
1: Yeah, there you like go. <laughs> not many people got to do
0: that. Yeah, like it was a, a pretty exclusive club. I felt like. Yeah. Uh, so. It was so nice. I've had, I've had yeah. a chance
1: to see some things in the world that you probably wouldn't get to otherwise. So yeah, it's, it's been pretty good. So we'll have to maybe go into into detail on some of the some of our other adventures, at another yeah. episode at some point.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I think this was a good one. Uh, you know, Happy Birthday United States Air Force uh, Airmen and Women. <laughs> now now, uh, <laughs> thank you guys for all you do. Trav, I appreciate what you did. Thank you, sir. Appreciate. Uh, it been a good time yeah. uh here's to another 75 years of air dominance
1: that's right have one, guys. hit like and subscribe oh yeah yeah make sure you <laughs> hit that like and subscribe follow us on all of our social medias and uh and help us out help us grow the channel we appreciate it thanks guys